Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, Jody. Hi, Adriel. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you feeling going into a new season? Well, I am just so excited to start a new year, new themes, new guests, new innovation podcasting is very fun with you. Yeah, I've loved it. We have some exciting themes coming up. Our first quarter is C-Suite Life. Do you want to tell our fans why we chose that as a theme? Well, you know, the idea between C-Suite Life is really very closely tied with the whole idea for the show, which was to pull back the curtain on what happens behind the scenes in our industry. And, you know, we have all these um, C-suite people, COOs, CEOs, CFOs, other Cs, I guess. And, you know, I want to humanize them and I want to make sure that I can learn from them and, you know, understand what their career journey has been like, the highs and the lows. So it just felt like a really good time to have a totally focused quarter on people in the C-suite. Yeah, I love that we focused in on this. They all are in, you know, similar roles, but come from very different backgrounds and have different pieces of advice to give us. So I'm just so excited for what we have coming ahead. Um, so our first guest was Jill Scalamandre, who was really exciting to talk to because she's worked at big and small companies and just has a lot of experience. Yeah, she's obviously very passionate about the beauty industry. She's never left, right? So um giant corporation she's worked at, smaller company she's worked at, um, and she shares so much great journey insight for our listeners. She really does. Well, I'm excited to get into it. So without further ado, Jill Scalamandre, episode 224. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. This is Eleni, your executive producer of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. I am so excited to introduce this season's headline event partner, Beauty Tech and Innovation Summit, which happens this March 1st and 2nd in San Francisco. Attendees will discuss the latest science, innovations, and technologies that are revolutionizing the beauty and personal care industry. Learn from 40-plus industry speakers and 200-plus beauty and tech experts. Are you going? Find the link on wherebrainsweetbeauty.com and use our code BASE10 for 10% off your registration fee. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Where Brains Meet Beauty and Happy New Year. My team and I are so excited to be starting off another year of Where Brains Meet Beauty and can't wait for all the exciting themes and guests that are yet to come. If you're just joining us as a new guest this year, welcome. We're so excited to have you. Where Brains Meet Beauty is a show deeply rooted in career journey. Every episode features wisdom, advice, and authenticity from the beauty industry's top talent. Topics include work-life balance, how to hustle, and how to handle challenges, all discussed with great honesty and humor. Each quarter of our year is based on a unique theme. Last year, we met with amazing guests that fit within the quarterly themes of technology, sustainability, artistry, and health. Our first quarter of this year is C-Suite Life. Our first C-Suite guest this quarter is an inspiring beauty executive and a seasoned industry pro with over 20 years of experience in leadership roles at Revlon, Shiseido, Prada, Cody, Bare Minerals, and now as CEO of Beekman 1802. Please welcome Jill Scalamandri. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Jill, I'm so excited for you to be here. And I need to tell everybody like why this is like crazy meaningful for me right now and like kind of a pinch me moment. And I share this with you on our intake call. So I want to take people back like almost a decade ago. 
And I was at like my big, my first like really big expensive to attend industry event. And um, <laughs> I was really, <laughs> this is such a crazy story. So I was just so excited to be there. And I was like seeing some old friends and meeting a lot of new people and kind of getting a completely different perspective on the industry. Like before that moment, I sort of, I was, um, you know, just doing and plugging away at what I do. And by, um, you know, about 10 years ago, I was starting to understand like how the industry moves and how to navigate it and, um, you know, working hard to find my way. So I was speaking with a woman at the event and we were making conversation and you were there. And I think you might've been speaking at the event and I don't remember what brand you were at there, but at that moment, it was very high profile wherever you're working at the time. And I asked this woman, would you introduce me to Jill? And I was like really proud of myself for asking and, you know, putting myself out so there. So <laughs> This isn't your thing to be embarrassed about though. Wait, you have to, everyone has to keep listening. So I was like really <laughs> proud of myself. Like, you know, maybe it was like years of therapy for me to be able to get to this point where I asked a stranger to make an introduction for me at a work event. Um, and I was like, really proud of myself for asking and then the woman responded and she said no i i i i will get the name out of you one day no, i will take you for a drink you. and i will like <laughs> pump you with wine and you are going to tell me who that was because that is so not who i am i i actually pride myself on making myself accessible to people and in mentoring and and just conversation i do that with cew so i that what when you told me that story, I was like, I'm going to find out who that person was. Okay. Well, you're not going to find out because I don't drink, so you can't get me drunk. <laughs> um, and it doesn't matter who it is. The point is, like, for me, like, what a full circle moment, right? Like, wow, we saw each other um, in Florida at the Women's Wear Daily Beauty Summit in the spring. And now I'm in a different place where I don't have to ask somebody for help. I can just go introduce myself and shake a hand, right? So that, that shows my progress. And that's why this is so incredibly meaningful for me. Yeah. Because it was crazy to be on the receiving end of a no after working up all that courage. And now I don't need, I don't need that middle person. Well, you need to know I'm really excited to be here. So this is like an honor for me. So thank you. I'm so excited. And I think like the lesson to everybody is you don't need another person, right? You don't have That's to rely right. on other people. You can just try to like forge ahead. And, you know, if I had known that then, I would have approached you myself. But I didn't have that courage. I was very, very much like I I lived in self-doubt all the time, Jill. Like it, it's okay. been a lot of therapy and business coaching to get me where I am now. But like, I definitely thought everybody knew the toolbox and I wasn't allowed to have the toolbox. Yeah. I just felt yeah. like such an outsider. And also, you know, to believe in yourselves and to never give up, like, you know, find a way, you know, when someone says no to me, I take that as a challenge. I say, okay, hmm, I'm not going to accept that. No, let me figure out, you know, how else I can do it. And so. Well, I took that note on um, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was probably a little expensive, but you know what? Here we are 10 years later. And That's right. I'm the one who's saying, I'm so excited to be here. So, Well, I'm excited and I, I'm so happy to share your journey of like, you know, everyone should head to your LinkedIn because you've had a fascinating career in beauty um, and it's just literally getting started. Um, but let's go to our first question. This is a question we started okay. asking um, in honor of our um, podcast fifth anniversary. So that was last year, but now we're starting our sixth year. But I want to keep this question going because it's so fun to talk about career journey from the perspective of like going back to like being 11 years old and like daydreaming about what your job is going to be. So um, if you can tap into your 11 year old self, Jill, mm -hmm. what do you want to be when you grow up? So I never had a specific job or role in place. 
What I did know is I really love to travel and I want to travel and I want to meet people from different cultures. I want to learn languages. So that was my passion and my desire, but I didn't really know how to funnel that specifically into a job. So what ended up happening was I went to school, went to college. I ended up going to France for living there for a year, um, worked in a fashion house as an intern. And when I came home, I'm like, okay, when I graduated, what am I going to do? Someone suggested beauty because I loved the fashion piece of it. So someone suggested beauty and I said, yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, as serendipitous as that. And I, I looked and I applied and I got a job at Revlon and I fell in love with the industry. So it really was able to sort of combine two, two things that I love. My love for travel and uh, different cultures and then my love that developed for the beauty industry. And it became, I became a global brand builder. So, um, you know, you had this taste of fashion. Why do you think your body didn't like push you in that direction? Why were you willing to say yes to beauty? So I said, well, I really don't, I, I can't draw. I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not a designer. Um, and I, but I love creativity. And so when I went to Revlon and realized that there is so much creativity as well as business in the beauty industry that I just fell in love. It is so fun, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a great category. And I don't look at it as a, as a vanity category. And then people were like, Oh, you're in makeup. And yes, but I'm in confidence building. I know, you know, through all the research I've, I've done throughout you know, over the years, I know that makeup and skincare and fragrance make women and men feel more confident and empowered. And I love to see that transformation where people just feel better about themselves. And that's why I love this industry. Um, it's a really healthy boost. I see it as a, a yes. healthy boost. Um, I know Absolutely. maybe when I was growing up, there was, um, you know, it was very single-minded beauty, but it's, it's yes. just not like that anymore. Well, it used to be, you know, as a marketer, it used to be us telling the, you know, women what lipstick to wear, what the new nail enamel is. And, and that is so not true anymore. It's about consumers telling us what they want and us following their dictate, which was, it's much more exciting and much more challenging. Oh my gosh. I kind of long for the days, like when I started in the industry where marketing was just like planning a uh, print ad campaign and the same print ad ran in the same in the same magazines like every month for six months and that yes, was like the and a display <laughs> and that you're done sample display print and tv that's it you're done that's it's so different now the, our brains have to be so busy with um problem solving and innovating now it really is sometimes um sometimes my like heart is like a little too racy you know and also i own an agency so i'm doing this for like you know 10 different clients right it's um yes. sometimes i need a real break from it and i can't go to the places that other people go to get a break from their job because they usually go to beauty to get a break, <laughs> break for their job <laughs> yeah i read I read. I would say that the industry, the complexity of the industry is so different today. And so it's so much more complex because there's so many channels and this whole world of omni-channel and, you know, the social sphere really makes it much more complex, exciting, but much more complex. And anyway, on the other case, I, I read, I take solitude and I read, you know, or I go out with girlfriends, you know, I have a, a close knit of girlfriends. And we meet every week and we go out and we talk and they're girls from the industry. So, and we just talk, we talk about, you know, our love lives and our families and our, 
our work. We talk about everything. Once a week is amazing dedication. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. How do you all really make the time for it? Like, how do you keep focusing yeah. on it? So, you know, it's Sundays that we do it. And so I, you know, I, I work all week long. I stay very focused. My weekends is, is the time for me to recharge. Um, and I do, uh, Sundays is my day I pamper. I go for a massage or I get my nails done. Again, it's my me time. And, and then we go and have dinner uh, with our husbands, uh, with my girlfriends. And it's just a great, it's a great rejuvenation day for me. Sunday was always the day for me. Saturdays was errand running, right? Because you didn't get anything done during the week. So. Um, I love that you have a ritual with your friends. That's really nice. Mm. Okay, I'm going to try to, um, I don't know that it's the year of friend building is, for me is going to be 2023. I feel like it's still the year of business building, but yeah. I really do long for it. It takes time and work. And, it does. Um, you know, I mentioned I don't drink. It's hard to make friends with people right now who, like, don't want to drink and drug. Not that I can't be around it, but I don't, like, I can't invest my time in people that only want to do that. You know, right, so it's been really right. hard to actually make new friendships. Yeah, well, meeting for coffee, you know, that's something I also do because not all my friends drink. Um, and, you know, for dinner, you know, and, you know, some will have a glass of wine, some won't. So it's important, I would say, though, um, Jody. it's it really it rejuvenates me and I actually feel better and stronger. And then I can go into the week um, feeling recharged. But my friends and family are my sort of recharge button. I love that. So we talked about, Jill, like your dedication to beauty, years and years in the industry, but I know you've been wooed by other industries. So like, this is really fun, I think, for people to hear about. What other industries tried to tap you and steal you away from beauty? And why didn't you leave? What what, what made you stay in beauty? I think the roles where people called me um, that I found, you know, most interesting are the roles where I do have um, a passion for. Because I, for me, in my career, it's always following my passion. And then putting my skill set on top of that. So um, fashion, um, you know, lured me. And, you know, I did work when I was at Prada and I did beauty, but I was very close to fashion. And that was very exciting for me. Mutual Prada taught me so much. She's a visionary. And then uh, wine, the wine industry thought that, you know, beauty marketing has relevance with wine marketing. So they came after me. And then um, and then a pet company came after me too. So when pet, when the whole pet, you know, and the pandemic came, you know, where you wanted to upscale your dog's food and clothing, et cetera. So, um, you know, it's been, but I, I just have such a heart for this industry. I love it. I, I, it never bores me. Um, I, I see it's so, so uplifting and I see it as helping people. So I don't know. I just love it. You know, I've done beauty my entire career. I never stepped out. Well, okay. So let's um let's go way back. Let's go to Revlon. Let's go to the beginning. So this is one of your first jobs. It was your first job in the industry. How did you find a mentor early on at that time? And how was that pivotal for you? Um, yeah, it's a it's a great question because I feel mentorship is so important. But I'll be honest, I began with a champion first. Uh, and I differentiate, you know, a mentor and a champion. So a champion is someone who's actually within the company. A mentor doesn't have to be, can be in the company, but it's someone who's offering you guidance on the side. Where a champion is someone within the company who is recognizing you, pushing you to achieve, and giving you the opportunities. So I had... Um, I had a great boss and um, I had a great relationship with her and it was actually her boss 
who became my champion and as, as well as she did. And I think they, they just, they saw that I was hungry. I was curious. Um, I would like, I'll do anything. I'll do anything, even in another department. Um, you know, just ask me, you know, I'm, I'm here. And they saw that hunger and the passion and they took me in under their wings and championed me, you know, throughout my career. And I actually have had like four or five major, I'm going to say mentor champions, um, in my career. And I'm still in touch with every single one of them today. And I still see them socially. You mentioned something that I, um, I want to go back to, which is that you're asking for more, right? You were saying like, give me more. I want to learn more. Um, it makes me think of this quiet quitting trend or whatever people want to call it. You know, what kind of advice would you give to people at any stage in their career if they're feeling like they they dislike their job so much that they have to um, kind of um, stomp their feet in a silent way, I guess? So I would say if they're so unhappy, they should leave. You don't want to work. You really want to work um, you, with what you're passionate about, So and which is what I did. So I was passionate about beauty. And then I wanted to stay in beauty, but I wanted to always be challenged. So I would say if, you, if you're not happy, if you're not feeling challenged or motivated, it may not be the role for you, but you have to think about then what is, like what does make you excited? What makes you excited to get up out of bed every day and, and motivated to, to sort of break through and do um, fun and exciting things? Mine, I found it in beauty, but however, um, there were times where I felt like, okay, um, I'm saying, I feel like I need to learn more. And so I would ask, I started in product development. Then I asked to go into business development because I wanted to learn some of the business strategy. And then I went into marketing. um, And that was all at Revlon in the mass world. And then I went to the luxury world at products. I wanted to learn the luxury space. And this is my more and more. And then I went into, after that, I went to Avon to really learn direct-to-consumer and global markets, right? And really go after the global um, because they were in 43 countries. And, you know, after that, I went to Cody and learned um, really about global skincare. So I felt as though every step I was going, I was pushing myself to learn something new. So my advice, back to your original point, is find your passion um, and don't chase a title, chase an opportunity and a dream. I love that advice, don't chase the title. I was actually um, with a friend, an industry friend, having this conversation about like, you know, finding that right fit, especially after, you know, um, being in the industry for a long time, like you see a lot and then you figure out what you want to do. And for some people heading the CEO route is the right path. But for some people, like they don't, they don't want to be the CEO. And Mm -hmm. um, she was commenting that, um, she didn't want to be the CEO anymore. She's, she wants to be, you know, VP marketing again. That's where her happy place is. Um, she didn't jive with, you know, there's a lot of CEO responsibilities, right? That's that so are like, funny. you know, maybe not as pleasant as marketing. And yeah. um, that she was getting like a lot of slack from people in her network, like that that felt like a step down. Um, or she wasn't ambitious enough. Or... Right, exactly. Like there was so much judgment around it. I understand. So, but you really have to just like do what's right for you. Like the title, who cares what the title is? Right. You know, it took um, it took me time to even accept the CEO role because I wanted to make sure 
that um, I didn't get lonely at the top, right? Because I love doing and creating. Um, but then I recognized the empower, the empowering fact of when you do, when you are the CEO, you get to lead such, you know, you know, a big team. When I say a big team, I don't mean a number. I mean an expansive team, meaning in every department. And you get to motivate and influence. And that's where I am right now in my career. I want to motivate and influence others to excel. And in that CEO role, CEO role, you can. Think back to the CEOs that were in charge of the companies you worked for when you were junior. Like, do you, can mm-hmm. you believe that that's you now? <laughs> no, I know, I know. Because, I, you know, it, my dream wasn't, again, I never chased a title. Mm-hmm. My dream was never to be like a CEO. My dream was to keep learning and doing what I was doing and expanding. But it wasn't necessarily, I want to be in that CEO seat. Um, I want to talk about your passion for travel, right? You um, mentioned it before. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunities in some of the larger companies that you worked with to take on a role outside of the U.S., right? Like move for two or three years. Um, Were you ever presented with these opportunities? And then did you want to take any of them? Well, I I thought about it deeply, yes, you know, and the reason why I ended up not doing it is because I have a very, very tight-knit, close family, and my my family is my center, right? And as I said before, my family and my friends recharge me. Um, So I wanted to stay close to home, and but also be in a global role where I would travel at least 25 to 30% of the time. That for me was my balance that I could still go and, and see many cultures. I love the global job because I was in Latin America, in Brazil, you know, one month and I was in Japan another month and then in Italy another month. So I was able to learn, you know, numerous cultures. Um, I w- maybe would have liked to have done uh, a stint abroad, but, um, I just, it was never the right time for me. And my, my family and friends were like a magnet for me. So I, you know, I chose not to. So um, speaking of like others judging our career choices, do you think that, you know, some people in your network or some of your champions or mentors were um, critical of your decision not to take those opportunities? No, it wasn't. Other people in senior levels may have been. Um, and judging me as, um, well, you know, sh- sh- is she not ambitious? And, you know, that is so not true. I was always very ambitious about learning. And, um, but my mentors always knew it was always a, dis- a, a discussion I had with them. And they led me to the answer. You know, they understood I, ha- you know, you have to follow, you know, your, your gut and your dreams and, you know, and do what's going to make you happy. And I probably, I thought I would be miserable, not close to my friends and family. So what um, advice would you give to somebody who is, you know, at this moment in their career where they're getting presented these incredible opportunities to have amazing jobs and incredible places, but they, they just don't want to go. Like what, what can, what can they do to continue to advance their career in that organization and say to their bosses or whoever's offering them this role that they are committed, they are ambitious, but this isn't the right personal move for them. Exactly what you just said is the conversation to be held with the supervisor who offers you that. I, you know, and then offer to say, you know, I'll travel globally, I'll do whatever it takes here, but my personal situation, you know, doesn't warrant me right now, you know, living abroad. I've got some, you know, personal matters that I need to be here. And they have to understand that, you know, I think in today's day and age, they probably accept that more. 
I think when I was growing up in the industry, I think I was maybe criticized for that. But I think today, I think um, employers are very um, conscious and aware of uh, people's, the balance in people's lives. And I think balance in life is critical. Uh, I did achieve it, and that's how, because I didn't choose to. And then, but I had a family, and I married for 38 years. Um, but um, I, you know, I chose not to disrupt that balance by moving away. And I think everyone has to be honest with themselves and with their employers. Um, let's move on to um, giving back and helping shape others' careers. You're very involved with CEW, which is our amazing um, industry mm-hmm. organization. I've been a member a for a very, very party. long time. It was like literally the only game in town for like most of my career um, yes. to yes. see people and meet people. Um, so, you know, you probably talk to a lot of you know, people at all stages in their careers, I'm sure, you know, your your phone and your email are ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the questions that people ask you the most of? And then, um, you know, what is your response? You know, what are you hearing from a lot of people these days? What are the questions they're coming to you with? So um, I would say the, the the true mentorships that I that I do, um, you know, because there are a lot of people who 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 try and get close to you for mentorship, but they really want a job, you know, <laughs> and you know, so um, there, you know, you have to sort of di- decipher, you know, what they what they're looking for and what they're needing. Um, but I've mentored several people, and I think the the benefit of mentoring is I, you know, I like to say what keeps you up at night, you know, what motivates you. Um, they come to me with issues that that they're having, maybe with a colleague or something that's troubled them, and I I love to sort of help them figure it out, right? Give them guidance and help them figure it out so that they can get through. I find that so rewarding, you know, where so many people were in situations and they figured it out and they got promoted or were recognized for something. Um, it's, you know, it, it's important for me now. Um, I also do a lot of connecting, you know, I connect people. You know, I don't always have jobs available, but I want other people that maybe could also mentor them and and uh, give them guidance, or maybe they have a role. So connecting and guiding for me are the two things that I, I do care a lot about. And it's time for me to pay everything I've learned forward. I love that you said connecting because um, about, I don't know, six or seven years ago when I wanted to meet you, um, I didn't understand what networking was. I thought that meant looking at you like a piece of steak, Jill, and like attacking. Like, I just had no idea. (laughs) And I started working with a business coach and, um, you know, he's asking me to network. I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. I don't even know what that means. And um, some friends, new friends in the industry explained to me, Jody, it's just about like meeting people you like. And then, you know, kind of cataloging them in your brain and then creating opportunity for them, you know, later on. And um, it put it into a perspective that I could understand that I'm like, I can do that. You know, that's fun. That's like literally the best part of my job every day is connecting people together. And I love that. It's the most rewarding it is the most rewarding. I love when, you know, when I can connect someone with someone and, it, and you know, there's a click there. Um, and, you know, I would say, you know, I grew up with CEW, you know, and I've been a member for, for most of my career. And um, it was always a place for me to go to, um, you know, network. But I didn't know the word then either. But I was meeting people either um, in my, you know, in my role in other companies or in different roles. And I was, again, it's a way of learning and, you know, about 
how is it, you know, at, you know, your company and what, you know, what's your role and what's your scope and what's your challenges? It, it I find it also enriching for people. And I, you know, and CEW is, uh, it's a great organization. I have to just, you know, do my little commercial call out because, you know, it does care about promoting the next generation of leaders um, through connection, achievement and recognition. I have a um, another a, a better CEW story. Um, so back when I was learning about networking and what that meant and connecting, um, my coach said, Jody, you have to go to events. You have to meet people in real life. I'm like, I don't want to do that. He's like, you have to go. <laughs> so of course, CEW is the obvious place to do that. And I remember um, like being at events and I've gone to so many CEW events and just feeling like I don't belong. Like I didn't work at a Cody. I didn't work at a Lauder. I didn't work at any of these big organizations. I um, Earlier in my career, I worked at a, Lexitana Provence, we were like kind of like, you know, this, this small kind of oddball, you know, company. And um, I always felt like oh, the wallflower and the self-doubt just, you know, flooded over me. But before one event, I just decided to Google like, how to meet people. <laughs> how to like meet people at a work event. I Googled it. And then I like read, I read the article. I internalized it. I walked into the room. And I did the job. The job said, do not try to go talk to a group of people that are all standing together, you know, like three or more people. You cannot, you cannot do that. You can't access that. Look for the one or two people in the room that are standing by themselves. So I like took a deep breath and I saw this other woman standing by herself and I just went over and introduced myself. And now she's somebody I see everywhere. And like, we, you know, we, we tell this story and great? laugh about it, you know, cause it's like, feels like a million years ago, but um, you know, she was in a similar position. She was sort of felt, you know, like um, not part of these groups and um, these kind of corporate centers. And now we have this like amazing bond together. So that's such great <laughs> advice. Actually, what you just said was is really great advice for people who are actually maybe shy or don't, you know, to, to walk up and approach someone. Um, and but you were right. I mean, back, I'm going to say 10 years ago, um, the composition of CEW was mostly big companies. Mm-hmm. Now it's completely different. It is maybe 30 percent big companies and it's 30 percent indie companies and then it's 30 percent. Um, people from, you know, other industries like publishers, um, bankers, investment bankers, private equity people. So it's a, it's a great composition of really the industry now. But, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, it was mostly big companies. And I think the, the team, the staff at CEW has done a great job at, you know, expanding the universe of beauty. Yes. It was, um, very formative for me. But now when my team goes to um, events, whether it's networking or learning, and there's one or more of them, I mean, more than one of them going, I tell them, you cannot sit together. You have to spread apart. You have to go and be uncomfortable and meet new people. Like, that is your job. Like, this is, your, it's, your, I'm not permitting you to sit at the same table. And they <laughs> they don't like it. It's hard. It's, it's hard. Even for me today, just to be in a room full of people I don't know, it's like. Right. But this is our this is our opportunity. It's, like, it's, but it's about great one advice. or two hours where you're going to like walk away yes. knowing someone like, oh, we share the same yoga studio or, oh my God, this is a vendor that I've never even known that existed. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad to you know have their card. You just never know who you're going to meet and you will walk away with like one amazing, you know, new connection, if not more. So, um, yes, I'm very, um, I very much love um, asking my team to stretch themselves. And this is one of the ways that we do it. That's great. Good for you. You're a good leader. Thank you. Uh, How cool is it that I just had a podcast with you and you told me that? That's so sweet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is going to be about your current role. (laughs) And I think my team just really wants to know the answer. Okay. Tell us about the science of goat milk and why (laughs) it is so motivating for you to lead this company. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Um, so uh, it's Beekman 1802, which you have said in the beginning. And, you know, there's two ingredients that make up Beekman 1802. It's goat milk and kindness. And so I, let's start with goat milk because I, um, I have been using milk on my face for over 20 years whenever I'm either burnt or if I get like an IPL at my derm. My derm always says, go home, take a rag, soak it in milk and put it on your milk, cow's milk, it was at the time, uh, and put it on your face. And I would say, why? And he said, milk is very healing. It has, you know, lots of vitamins and peptides and lactic acid in it. And it's, you know, it's really good for your skin and it's healing. So if you are red or, you know, from my little IPL, whatever, if you have blotchy, go for the sun. And it worked. So um, when I saw Beekman 1802, when I had met some of the people who, uh, in the private equity company, I was like, oh my God, yes, I'm a firm believer in milk for your skin. And then I learned about goat milk, which is different from cow milk. Goat milk lets, it gets into your skin, uh, absorbs better because it has the same pH as skin. It has lactic acid. It has vitamins A, B3. It has omega fatty acids. It is one ingredient that is a macronutrient. It has so many good healing ingredients for your skin. It's, um, it, it's, a, it's amazing. And so, and the clinicals that the team has prove how it can really transform sensitive skin. So that was like the first reason. Okay. I signed up for milk, goat milk, because I was like, okay, firm believer. Second is the brand is, um, the pillar of the brand is kindness and where the culture is about kindness and, you know, the DNA of the brand is kindness. We give kindness grants. Um, kindness is a very big piece of the cult. And so we even take, took kindness tests to see how kind we were as an organization. We put $100,000 in research with kindness.org to measure kindness in other companies that we just, um, you know, I went, we went to Ulta and measured their kindness quotient. We went to several companies. So the kindness thing, you know, attracted me because I, um, my leadership style, you know, that I've always, you know, that I always tried to achieve was to lead with humility and will. And humility is about being kind, not dictatorial, and being a good listener, um, and listening to, you know, listening to your team. The will is about, I'm super consistent, persistent, and tenacious. <laughs> and so I, those two ingredients I had read in Jim Collins, Good to Great. Um, those two ingredients are what has influenced me in my leadership style. And kindness just flowed right into that. So. Anyway, long-winded answer. Well, Jill, it's meant to be that we're talking today because um, one of our core agency values is kindness. Oh, um, you know, after yay. being a lot of places, working for a lot of people, it was time to establish a different type of culture. So um, kindness and respect is um, how we lead internally and um, externally that's as well. That's great. That's great. And that's what the world needs now is a little bit more kindness and respect and empathy and, you know, it, it's critical. Yeah. I mean, even after all these years, some of my team members around my age, you know, do we still have these PTSD moments, you know, a situation will happen with a client oh, yeah. and I'll see it in their eyes and I'll be like, it's okay. Cause we're different. <laughs> like we're going to handle this differently, but it comes up. It's, you know, it gets really stuck in those, bo those bones and joints and stuff. Yeah, it does. And, you know, and I, and I say, I hope I can curse on your, on your podcast, but I always <laughs> say it's okay, guys. Shit happens. Okay. It's how we react and how we move forward. Right. And that's 
really what you have to focus what on. What a beautiful way to end. That's going to wrap up our interview, everybody. And Jill, I'm really grateful for your honesty today. I'm so grateful to you. Like I said, so full circle for me. You're lovely. And I hope we get to spend time together in real life. Um, and this concludes our first episode of the year. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, make sure you're following us on Instagram to stay up to date on the upcoming lives and all the fun we have along the way. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.